0: Dear family members and friends of First Lutheran Church, grace and peace to you from God our Father, and from our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, in whom all things hold together, body and soul. Amen. Pastor John Christofferson will deliver this morning's sermon. We will have from 2 Corinthians, which is going to be our preaching series for this summer, focusing on... 2 Corinthians, and then later on, on Ephesians, St. Paul writes in chapter 5, For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. Here indeed we groan and long to put on our heavenly dwelling, so that by putting it on we may not be found naked, For while we are still in this tent, we sigh with anxiety. Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life, so writes Paul. Now, if we're not careful, we can read into this text something that has seeped into our Western thinking for centuries. From ancient Neoplatonic philosophy to the language of Shakespeare, such as shuffling off our mortal coil, to our modern-day movies, such as Star Wars. Basically, it's a kind of dualism, where things of the spirit are deemed good, but things of the flesh are deemed bad. And so it is, other than when we confess the resurrection of the body, as we will again today in the Apostles' Creed, I think we so easily slip back into our secular misconceptions of an immortality of the soul. I rather love the way my dad critiques the dualism that's implied in an immortality of the soul. He would say something like this, "Well." I guess then at death, the shell goes into the ground, but the nut goes to heaven. (laughs) Love it. Thanks, Dad. However, the Bible tells us that the God who created us body and soul and said it was very good, bringing the dust of earth together with his divine breath of life is not some Greek philosopher. But then again, it's still a puzzle for us as Christians. I mean, why would God knit the profound spiritual truths to some very simple physical things like water in baptism or in bread and wine in Holy Communion, both of which we celebrate this weekend? Indeed, why did Christ institute such sacraments of God's invisible grace coming to us in visible means. Occupying such a central place in the life of the church, is not His Word enough? Ponder this with me. During these few swift years on earth, we dwell in a body that eats and drinks, needs clothing and shelter, and knows pain and pleasure. Our bodies are very much with us and are interconnected with our spirits. This is why modern medicine, especially psychiatry, refers to us as being psychosomatic people. Psyche, mind, spirit, soma, body, body and soul together as one. And so it is in our spirits that are lifted by good food. They relax into the serenity of sitting together before a roaring fire, or they glow at the touch of the beloved's hands or lips. To illustrate, if your daughter at the other end of the living room says to you, Mom, Dad, I love you. That's one thing. But if your daughter comes running across the living room, jumps in your lap, throws her arms around your neck and says, Mom, Dad, I love you, that's something else. Hmm? There's a big difference here. You see the assurance of her love. Is reinforced by the physical her word of love reaches your heart and part through your body body and soul so how would our ascended Lord among us still but invisible reinforce his word of love how would he penetrate the physical throwing his arms around us through water He does so through water in his word in baptism. He does so through the bread and wine in communion. Nor are these only demonstrations or symbols. The arms of your daughter are not merely exhibits. They carry her love. They are love. And the bread and wine are not only reminders or symbols of Jesus' presence and love. They are his love. His presence And the Word, Spirit, became flesh, body, and dwells among us. And so Jesus says to us again this day, with the touch of the bread that comes into your hands, this is my body given for you. You see, the body and soul are both creations of God. It is human disobedience that separates both from the life of God. It's because of sin that Adam and Eve, as witnessed in our first lesson, in the garden no longer felt comfortable in their own skin, but saw themselves as naked. When Christ died to reconcile humankind to God and bridge the chasm between them, he died for the whole person, body and soul, Thomas, Take your hand and feel my wounded side. Thomas, reach out and touch my wounded hands. When upon death God raises us up to everlasting life, he raises the whole person, body, and soul. When upon death God raises us up to everlasting life, he further clothes us by our baptism the promise in which we are clothed by Christ and Christ's resurrecting life with all the saints. As St. Paul writes in chapter 5, verse 4 of our second lesson, for while we are still in this earthly tent, we sigh with anxiety. Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed in Christ's saving resurrection unto eternal life. Again, heaven is for both soul and body, now glorified and imperishable, as is our Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing, witnesses St. Paul again in chapter 4, verse 14, that he who raised our Lord Jesus Christ will raise us also with Christ and bring us with you into his full presence, face to face, body and soul. Again, St. Paul witnesses in 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that His Holy Spirit dwells in you? For God's temple is holy and that temple is you. Wow. And so when Lena told Oli that he should go upstairs and change into his birthday suit... Before the guests arrived to celebrate his 90th birthday, he did so. Then coming back down the stairs, naked as a jaybird, the guests all applauded. However, Lena said with a sigh, oh, heavens only, not that birthday suit. No, I meant the freshly pressed one that I hung on the closet door. But I guess as I look at you, then, I'll have to press this suit, too. Ufta. Closing story. Faith, body, and soul. Shortly before he died in 1826, the second president of our United States, John Adams, was going for a walk down a country road near his home in Quincy, Massachusetts. When approached by a good friend, he was asked, and how was John Adams today? President Adams responded, well, John Adams is very well, thank you. But the tenement he has inhabited these many years is in a sta- sad state of disrepair. It sags in the corners, its roof leaks, and when the wind blows, it creaks and groans in every joint. I suspect that John Adams will soon be forced to seek other quarters. But John Adams himself is very well. Thank you. And so it is in this expression of faith, joining body and soul, that St. Paul encourages us. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed every day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond any comparison, because we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Let us pray. O Lord, in your vast wisdom, we have been given by you bodies and placed on this earth as you have lavishly provided for our daily needs. We thank you that all things seen and touched can speak of your goodness. Help us not to take these gifts for granted, but that in and through them all we touch your mercies, As we come now to your holy supper and taste the bread and wine, lift our spirits beyond the world of the seen into the world of the unseen to know by faith that we're always in your eternal care. Amen.